All right, everyone, good morning. I'm going to invite you all to stay standing as we worship together these next few songs.
victory to his anointed he answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand some trust in chariots and some trust in horses but we trust in the name of our lord the lord our god they are brought to their knees and fall but we rise up we stand firm lord give victory to the king answer us when we call our next song is just an opportunity for us to make that same declaration that the psalmist does, to trust in the Lord rather than other things. So as we lift this one up, we can use these words just to, to seek God today, to say, God, we trust you in all your ways. We trust you no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening in all the circumstances of life. God, we look to you and we trust you today. So we invite you to sing this one with us today.
kids through third grade can come on up, meet over here at the Blue Doors for children's ministry. Come on up, kids. Good morning. I usually pray us out of here, but I just want to ask, is there anybody here that would like to pray for us this morning? I don't want to put you on the spot. You want to pray for us? Come on up. God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can be able to come to church um, and worship you. Amen. That's awesome, Charlotte. Thanks. Prayer doesn't have to be complicated. It can just be simple. Uh, God treasures us talking to him. And a uh, simple lesson of gratitude. So praise God for that prayer. Um, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Aaron, campus pastor here at Watershed. Uh, I want to bring a couple of, of announcements to your attention first. I mentioned this last week. I'm going to keep mentioning it because Jen needs help. Um, if you're familiar with the Park to Park, uh, there are a lot of people running quite a bit. Um, or walking too, of course. You can walk 5Ks. You can walk half marathons if you so choose. That would be a long walk. Um, but she needs help. She needs volunteers, I believe, to quote her this week. Uh, my volunteers are dropping. So usually it's racers that are dropping, not volunteers. Um, but uh, you can kind of see the list, whether it's set up sometimes the day before, um, whether it's just helping uh, cheer people on, get some water out, doing registrations. Uh, you can talk to her. Um, her extension's 303 
or jennifer at hardawike.com. Um, she will definitely accept any help, any energy that you have to contribute. So uh, I want to make you aware of that, remind you of that this week as well, Tuesday morning at 10.30 if you want to go hang out at the beach and grab some coffee. Uh, there's going to be coffee available. Bring a cup. Um, I'm trying to think. Is Yeah, it says treats too. So, you know, uh, if you enjoy the beach and just enjoy um, getting to know some different people, um, 10.30 on Tuesday. Next week, Sunday, I know it's a holiday weekend next weekend, and we figured it would be a great time to worship all together as one Heart Awake. Uh, if you're not familiar with Heart Awake, we have the Celebration Community, the Fusion Community, and Watershed. Um, so most Sundays, we're kind of divided up, but occasionally throughout the year, we get together, worship together. Um, so we're going to be out in the lawn, weather permitting. Um, otherwise, I think our backup plan is in the red brick. But let's just not even think about that. Uh, bring a chair uh, and come enjoy 10 o'clock. Um, so that'll be a shift for us. Maybe not. Maybe you walk in at 10 o'clock every week anyways. I don't know, um, <laughs> but uh, 10 o'clock out on the lawn um, for outdoor worship. Um, today, we get to do uh, something cool. We do this once a year. Uh, in our council leadership, we have elders and deacons uh, in our church. The Bible sets forth for us uh, what we call offices, leaders, right? Some are elders. This goes all the way back to the time of Moses. Moses was leading the people out of Egypt, and uh, he just couldn't lead the people alone. And so God called him to, to anoint certain people to come alongside and help lead, to shepherd the people. Um, and so oftentimes elders are looked at as spiritual leaders. And, and that's true of our deacons as well, but our deacons oftentimes in the New Testament, the church was growing and they couldn't figure out how to, in Acts, care for um, the, the widows, the, the shut-ins, the orphans. And, and, and again, the, the apostles needed to teach and they couldn't, they couldn't meet the needs of all of the people. And so they anointed deacons, leaders, and again, physical work is a spiritual job as well, um, but they had elders and deacons to really help lead the community. And so we have elders and deacons here at Hardawike. And so uh, this morning, we're going to install Courtney Lampin. So Courtney, I'm going to invite you to come up. We're not going to ordain Courtney because she's already served as a council leader. So thank you for accepting the call uh, to come back on because um, it really is a call. Um, it can't be just that, hey, I want to do this. Because when you get to see behind the scenes in the church, it's not always the prettiest thing. Why? Because we're people. Hey, people, by the way, we're people. Uh, the church is as messy as the world. Our hope is that we're moving in the right direction. The reality is life is challenging. And so to step into that call, it has to be a call. And so thank you, Courtney, for stepping into that role. As an elder, you're going to be uh, the vice president of council. I don't know, should I have said that? No, probably not. <laughs> Which means she'll be president someday. So, But as an elder, these are what elders do. They oversee the doctrine, right? The teaching in the life of the church. You help us stay focused on what needs to stay focused on. You exercise care 
and sometimes discipline. And for us, I think some, we, we twist that word discipline. Discipline is always meant to restore, right? It's not to punish, but to help us understand situations and circumstances when we have to have honest conversations or we have to help direct people back. Part of your role is helping us as a community do that, helping us as pastors walk in that. You also promote disciple, discipleship, walking in the ways of Jesus, and how do we help others into that? Evangelism would be inviting people into a life with Jesus. Discipleship is continuing that life. And then you help us defend the faith, that our faith matters. And finally, uh, encourage participation in our community. And so, whew, big job. Amen? Right? while she also works and has a family. So, you know. <laughs> but Courtney, this morning, the, the vows you take as you're being installed, I'm going to ask you these vows, and then uh, we'll just invite you to say once. You don't have to answer all six of the questions. But um, these are the four questions that we have for you today. As, as we're installing you into the role of elder, do you believe that in this call, in this congregation, God himself is the one calling you to this holy office. Second, do you believe that the Old and New Testaments are the word of God, the Bible, the only infallible rule of faith in life, right? It's the only perfect story of God. That's important for this next question because it says, do you subscribe to the doctrinal standards of the church, rejecting all teaching that contradicts them? And then finally, do you promise to do the work of your office faithfully in a way worthy of your calling and in submission to the government discipline of the church? Courtney, what is your answer? If you can say so, I do, God helping me. Amen. So, in committing to that, I charge you, and we charge you as the body of Hardawake, to recognize and acknowledge God's work in your life to equip you for this service, right? Not to do it in your own power, but to keep leaning into and upon God. We confirm your calling by him to this position and season of service, and we trust that he who has equipped you and called you will guide and uphold you as you serve by leading here among us. Congregation, I'd ask you to stand. So as much as we charge Courtney with a service and she commits to this service, I have a charge for you. I charge you, the people of God, to receive her. Receive Courtney as Christ's gift to the church. Recognize in her the Lord's provision for a healthy congregational life. Hold her in honor. Take her counsel seriously. Respond to her with obedience and respect. Accept her help with thanks. Wholeheartedly participate in the ministries into which she helps lead us. Sustain her in prayer. Encourage her with your support, especially when she feels the burden of this office. Acknowledge her as the Lord's servant among you. Do you, congregation, pledge to receive her as you have been charged? If you can say so, please say, we do. God helping If you'll stay standing, let's say a prayer. God, thank you for Courtney. Thank you for my brothers and sisters as we worship you today. Father, we do this together. We follow you together as a church. 
Lord, she is not on an island by herself. Oftentimes, as a leader, that can feel that way. But Father, if we take seriously all of our commitments, we're really in this together. Father, oftentimes, as leaders, we're meant to stand behind and help push from behind. Lord, we don't run out ahead and say, catch up. We walk from within, from behind. We serve as you served, as a servant. Lord, so I I ask that you bless Courtney as she serves, as she seeks to serve faithfully. Grow in her, her faith. Strengthen her, her resolve and her will. Give her wisdom and discernment as she helps to guide us into your future. And Father, give us a grace and mercy as we help support all of our leaders, as we walk with them, as we trust them. Lord, at times when we disagree, Lord, help us to do so in a way that reflects your kindness, your graciousness, your mercy. Father, and I pray that you continue to lead us into your kingdom that's already here and begun in Jesus and will bring to full its fullness when you return. So Lord, lead us, guide us, Father, again, as we hear your word today, strengthen us by your spirit. Lord, strengthen our hearts, strengthen our minds. Give us the wisdom that comes only of you. We pray these prayers and many more in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's thank Courtney for stepping into this call. Thanks, Courtney. You may be seated. All right, I'm going to give you one more announcement. (laughs) In two weeks, uh, today we're closing off our series, our Everyday Wisdom series, uh, where we've been diving into some of the Old Testament books on wisdom. How do we live? How do we live faithfully to God, with God? And and, and we'll we'll dive into more of that uh, in just a second. But uh, in two weeks, when we come back here, uh, we're going to be starting a new series that's actually going to take us through the school year. And it'll be broke up into mini-series all along the way, but we're going to be following something called the story. And you're like, well, wait a second, we follow the Bible. Yes, exactly. Um, All this is, is a compilation of stories that will help us journey through God's great story from beginning to end. So throughout the school year, we're going to journey through the whole of the Bible. Will we touch every passage in the Bible? By no means. Um, But what they do in this story is they take and make it read more like a story. (laughs) You like that? I feel like I'm saying dad jokes. Sorry. (laughs) But if you pick up a copy, it's a lot easier, by the way, than following um, all of the different passages they use in your own Bible. You certainly may. If you go to our heartalike.com website and resources, things are already up there. So you can begin to download some personal journal questions, um, some group study questions on each of like what's in the chapters. Uh, There's a link. Look for them, by the way, for $5. Amazon has them for like $17 right now. Christian Book Distributors has them for $5. Look for the $5 deal. Um, And if you're a Kindle person, you're just stuck at Kindle prices. (laughs) We will have some copies available. Um, But again, we're going to be journeying through God's story from beginning to end. Um, and, and I hope that our mini-series will help us navigate that and make it not feel like it's taking forever and will we ever move on to something new. <laughs> but at its heart, 
what we want to do is help you see how the gospel message is there in the very beginning and takes us all the way home at the very end into eternity. So, uh, some resources are there. Uh, jump to our resource page on the website, heartalike.com, and uh, you can start to get your hands on some of those things. That's where we're going to go. But we've been somewhere this whole summer, and that's talking about wisdom. I, I mentioned this last week. Uh, I, I'll mention it again. I think really, for me, it, where, whereas I began this series thinking, well, this is going to be about, you know, here's the do's and don'ts, and, and here's different areas of life of what you should and shouldn't do. And it, it really went a different way, and I'm glad it did. Because I don't know about you, I, I can become a very moralistic person. Right? Things are either right or they're wrong. Anybody get like that? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter which, what camp you're in on what particular time. Right? It doesn't matter where you go. We, I think it's something ingrained into us when sin entered the world that we think very black and white and we take the sucker's choice, if I can say it that way. It's either this way or it's that way. However, I think when we study the scriptures, in particular when we study wisdom literature, what we realize is maybe the question isn't as much about what's right or wrong, and maybe it's more what's wise or what is unwise. Is there a better path in this moment? Right, Because sometimes the best decision in this moment is not the best decision in this one. Sometimes it's better to keep my mouth shut. Amen? Yeah, you may say so. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to speak. Is that a right or wrong thing, or is it a wise or unwise thing? Right, and in all of this, in this series, we really have come to the point of this. If you want to get wisdom right in your life, if you want to be wise, then you better get God right. If we confuse who God is or the gods of our lives, they will lead us. They will guide us. They will direct the ways we live. And that's where we come this morning. We're going to talk about living wisely. Jane Goodall, uh, she was an anthropologist and also a primatologist. So worked with primates, right? With apes, monkeys, things like that. But she says this about our lives. This is why it's important to live wisely. Your life matters. You can't live through a day right, without making an impact on the world. Whether we like it or not, you're always going to make an impact on the world, on lives around you. And what's most important is to think about the impact of your actions on the world around you. Right? How we live actually makes a difference. You matter. That's something actually we value here at Watershed. You matter, you are loved, and you belong. But you matter in the grand scheme of things too. How you show up at work, how you show up with your neighbors, how you show up in your family, how you show up with your friends as students who go back to school, <laughs> how you show up in your classrooms to your teachers, teachers how you show up, administrators, and it doesn't matter how we live impacts the world around us. But here's the thing. The reverse is true as well. Jonah Berger, now he's not an anthropologist per se, but he is the marketing uh, professor at Wharton School of Business. Okay, let me say that one more time. He's the marketing <clears throat> 
marketing. Don't you think you're kind of an anthropologist if you're in the realm of marketing? Know how people think and what they do, right? Marketing professor at Wharton School of Business, like one of the key creme de la creme schools of businesses in this country. Well, he wrote a, a book called Invisible Influences. And he says this, that we don't just impact the world, it impacts us. Just like atoms bouncing off of each other, our social interactions are constantly shaping who we are and what we do. The reason why he titled his book Invisible Influences is because he says, whether you like it or not, the world is impacting you. We all like to say, no, it's not. not. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Even the idea of no, it's not is an impact of the world on you. So not only do we impact the world, but the world impacts us. This is why it's incredibly important for us to live wisely. Amen? Right? Is we are called to influence and impact the world, but it's impacting us. As Drew and I were talking about closing up this series, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? And I'm going to, Drew, you're sitting right up front, so good job. Like, he gave us the passage for this morning, so props to him. This is why I love collaboration. Love working with Drew, love working with Bill and JB. We're better when we're together. But uh, he brought up this passage, and I think it's so true. It's not in the Old Testament wisdom, it's in the New Testament wisdom. Paul writes this, For you were once darkness, not just you were once in darkness, you were once darkness. Sin does that to us. It, it sort of it, it messes up who we were. It puts us in a different place. But, he says, now you are light in the Lord. Because of Jesus, because of his rescue, we've been rescued from darkness into light. We were once dark, but now we are light in Christ. So he says this, live as children of light. If you've been rescued, if the story, our story that we're going to spend a school year walking through, that hopefully you hear every week here, is that we have been rescued from sin, from brokenness. We've been rescued from the lies of Satan. We've been rescued from the darkness that exists in the world. We've been brought into light. The wisdom of Scripture then is live in that light. Live as light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Right? If we want to live in light, find out what pleases God. In the Proverbs, we heard these words for the fruit of light consists of goodness, righteousness, truth, justice, mercy, truth. These are all things that are ways of God that are life. And Paul will go on to say this in verse 15. So be very careful. Not just live willy-nilly. See, that was, that was a phrase we tossed around in our house. I don't know about you. <laughs> not just live carelessly or not thinking about life. Live very carefully, Paul says, how you live. Right? Live carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Not some opportunities, but every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Paul will have said, our, our challenge, our work in Ephesians, he says, man, we are fighting the principalities and powers of this world. So guess what? Sin is all around us. 
got to live carefully. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Right? Find out what pleases God. Understand what the Lord's will is. How are we going to do that? It's getting into God's story. It's studying his word. It's listening again to faithful preaching of the scriptures. It's listening to others who, who will take time to write books to point us in the way of Jesus, right? But again, at its heart, it's focusing on God and his story for us that will lead us into a way of wisdom. A story that I do have for us this morning actually comes from scripture. And I'm going to sit down because, to me, when I read Proverbs 7, you know, we think of Proverbs often as a book, um, as little quips of wisdom. But here, a father tells his son a story. Now, he's going to talk about the prostitute, and he's not talking about prostitution here. He's using a story that a lot of people could probably relate to, of enticement, of lust, of, to, to, to help us understand that this is the power of sin to make us foolish. If we're not careful, this is how we get tripped up. So this morning, I want you to just kind of close your eyes and imagine, maybe it's your parent. who Think of the wise person in your life. Maybe it was your parent. Right? Maybe it was a grandparent, maybe it was an aunt, an uncle, a mentor. Maybe it actually was a friend and is a friend. But imagine them telling you a story that you want to hang on to every word of what they say. Let's hear this story from Proverbs 7 this morning. Here's the father speaking to his son. My son, keep my words, storm, store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you'll live. Guard my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you're my sister. To insight, you're my relative. And they'll keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. You see, at the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who... In fact, he had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading as the dark of night set in. Then out came this woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. See, she's unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the square, not now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. And she took hold of him, kissed him with brazen face she said today i fulfilled my vows i've food from my fellowship offering at home so i came out to meet you oh i looked for you and i found you i've covered my bed with colored linens from egypt i've perfumed my bed with myrrh aloes and cinnamon come let us drink deeply of love together until morning Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband's not home. He's gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money, and he'll not be home till the full moon. With persuasive words, son, she, she led him astray. She'd seduced him 
with her smooth talk. And all at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like the deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it'll cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are the mighty throne. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Whew. Quite a story. But isn't that the picture? Temptation? Wouldn't be temptation if it didn't look good, amen? Right? Temptation's not temptation if it don't taste good. <laughs> if it doesn't attract us. If it doesn't draw us in. You see, if we're going to live wisely, we have to, A, recognize the story we're in. That there really is a devil. John Mark Comer wrote recently a book, Live No Lies, Recognize and Resist the Three Enemies That Sabotage Your Peace. <laughs> and his, what he puts out for us is, is the reality of there's the devil, there's this, the flesh, the sin in us, and then the world, the sin in the world. <laughs> and, and, and if we don't recognize that as part of our reality, we're never going to ultimately live wisely. Right? With devilish lives, we understand that there are deceptive ideas. There is something in our lives that seeks to actually steal, kill, and destroy us. With uh, disordered desires. Not everything I want is good for me. Not everything I believe is right. That's a hard reality for us to face. And oftentimes because sin gets normalized in our world. It's all okay. No big deal. Or even in Proverbs 7. Well, no, we, we know, I'm not going to say, and I won't even make up a name, you know, but we know she lives on that corner. And it's just, that's just what she does. Oh, well. Live, let live. Right? Sin becomes normalized in life. But what we don't realize is there's a spiritual death. It may not take our life physically, but it takes our life that God has created in us for us and has brought to us a life that God is inviting us into. So what does Proverbs 7 in this wisdom of a father for a son, a wisdom for us today, have to say about living wisely? Well, I think the first thing is this. It's this question, where are you walking? Right? The story starts with him saying, okay, hey, listen to my command, listen to my teaching. But here's what I saw. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, men a youth who had no sense. Right? Basically, he's just not paying attention, man. He's just going to, do-do-do, you know, like, hey, I'm just living life, man. And uh-oh, he was going down the street near her corner. It's not right or wrong to go down the street. It's not right or wrong to pass the house. But dude, do you know where you're going? Do you know what you're walking into? 
Right? He was walking along in the direction of her house. And then what? At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, what's, what's one of those cliches? Nothing ever good happens after midnight. Right? <laughs> But the setting of the day as darkness looms in, right? This question is, where are we walking? As we seek to live wisely, we have to, we have to understand that we have responsibility in how we live life and what situations we put ourselves in. Amen? So often it's easy to point our finger at something else, but my question is this. Did you take responsibility for your own decision? Because oftentimes we put it somewhere else because we don't want to wrestle with the fact that I put myself in that position. So do we live mindful of where we're going, how we're walking, and what we might be walking into? See, in Genesis 4, this is way back at the beginning of the Bible. Genesis 3, sin just came into the world. Cain and Abel are there together. They're making sacrifices to God. Cain's isn't acceptable for some reason to God. Abel's is. Cain's getting a little ticked off. And the wisdom of God to Cain is this. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must rule over it. Be careful, Cain. Watch the road you're about ready to walk down. Well, if you know the story, he doesn't listen to that wisdom. He keeps himself in a position, in a posture, and in a place that leads to him ultimately killing his brother. Why? Because he was jealous. Why? Because he couldn't listen to the wisdom to say, don't go there. Right? Sometimes it's a physical, geographical location. Sometimes it's a mental one, right? How many times you've thought some things that you probably ought not to think? Amen? Right? I'm, I'm, come on. You've wanted to run people off the road. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. You've wanted to hit somebody with a golf ball. Come on. Right? I'll, I'll throw a flyer. Yeah. They'll, they won't. Four. Right? Don't go there. Right? Where are we walking? Pretty wise words from a father. Well, the father is not done there, right? He picks up on the reality of what Jesus says to Cain, on what Peter will say to us that sin, it's, it's a, like prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. First Peter 5. That's what sin is doing. That's the, that's the deceitful lives. That's the devilish schemes. He is prowling around looking for you. Much like in our story, verse 10, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent, looking the way she needed to look to get his attention. Right? Temptation's not temptation if it don't look good. If it's not getting into your brain like, oh, it's going to feel good. And what do we hear in verse 21? With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. If we don't recognize that the enemy is good at what he does, while yes, we live in victory in Jesus, remember we needed Jesus. Because the enemy was a lot better at his game than we are at ours. <laughs> If we walk around with arrogance thinking we got it all together, 
It's in that moment we've already fallen. The words of wisdom in Proverbs, the arrogance leads you to death as much as falling into the temptation and into the trap. But we have to watch out where we're walking and we also have to think about what's also getting in our way. If we don't realize that temptation is going to put itself in our paths, right? He's not wrong for walking around the corner and he could have made it scot-free. How many times have you been in a place where you're like, yeah, I probably could get myself in trouble and after you're all done, you're kind of patting yourself on the back and you're like, yeah, but I didn't. (laughs) Yep. And what's creeping right there again? Oh, see, I've got this all wrapped up. I remember back to uh, the movie The Usual Suspects. Anybody remember that movie, right? Tyler Soze. And what's he say? He says this. He says the greatest lie, right? The greatest uh, thing that the trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. Let me say that one more time. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. Now, a French poet said it long before Kyler Soze did, Charles Baudelaire. But if we don't realize that sin is going to put itself in our path as much as we've got to pay attention to our path, we're not ready, we're not paying attention, we're not being careful how we live. I don't know about you, but I need to be on my A-game to face my temptations. The things I lust after, I've got to be prepared for. Otherwise, they will rule my heart. wonder if the same is true for you. But temptation will put itself in your way. What's getting in your way? And then finally, do we realize what's at stake? Right? Not only do we have these, these images of an ox going to the slaughter in verse 22, a deer stepping into the noose until the arrow pierces his liver, right? birds darting into a snare, Little knowing that it will cost him his life. We hear in verse 25, so don't let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims, right? It takes something from you. Many are the victims she's brought down. Her slain are the mighty throng. It doesn't matter how much power you think you have. Her house is a highway to the grave. Or to quote the, you know, band ACDC, I'm on a highway to hell. (laughs) Right? Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Do we realize what's at stake in our lives and the decisions? Yeah, we're making an impact on life and the world is impacting us, but do we realize the power of the things we play with? The things we fool around with? The things we step into? The things and the voices we allow in our lives? Because what's at stake truly is our life. That's why the Father starts in Proverbs saying, man, this is going to be life for you. And I want to bring us back as we close off this series, Proverbs 3. So this is kind of the, the penultimate Old Testament wisdom on wisdom. And I think it becomes the, the marker for us. And I'm going to read a couple more verses than what we've shared before. But I think if you've been around, you'll see the highlight in just a moment. But again, we hear the father say to his son, My son, don't forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. They'll prolong your life many years. 
right? And we don't know if that means, because remember, Proverbs isn't, it's not predictive about what happens. It's not a promise of what will happen, though. It's just giving you an idea, right? It's giving you a picture. It's the probability of life. Right? If you hang on to my commands, my teachings in your heart, they're going to prolong your life many years. It's internal, it's external, and they'll bring you peace and prosperity. They'll bring you a full life. It doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy and rich. That's not the promise here. Peace and prosperity is something that's bigger. It's a whole, it's spiritual. And does that equal sometimes physical? Sure. But not always. Because God's concerned about what's happening in here before he's ever concerned about what's going on out there. Because if I'm good with what's going on in here, I can handle most what's out there. Amen? Right? It goes on to say, so let love and faithfulness, in the Hebrew, hesed and emmet, right? Truth and covenant faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. God wants us to have a character that looks like like his. However, I think at the same time, this father is saying, don't stray from this story you're a part of, that you follow a God whose whose steadfast faithfulness is always true. Yours might not be. Mine might not be, right? We know that for a fact, but his is. So hold on to that story. Hold on to what God does will be true and right 100% of the time as you're allowing him to shape who you are. Let that be your story, and as much, let that be the outflow from yours. Then you'll win favor in a good name in the sight of God and man. Why will you win favor? Because out of you will come what? God's life, right? will be a conduit for his life to us, his life to the world. And then these are the verses we've talked about before. So what? What's wisdom? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Greatest wisdom that I can give to you is trust the Lord and let him guide you. He will lead you into the wisest ways of life. And he will also be the one who brings you back from the really dumb decisions. He's the one who can, who can rescue you from regret. He's the one who can bring you to light when it was dark. So, so don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Because the one who created you knows what's best for you and is working his life out in you. I don't know about you, but that's good news. I'm going to take us back to Ephesians. So be very careful how you live. Show up in your life. Pay attention. Don't let the days go by. As we talk about wisdom... I want to end with the wisdom of the late, great Captain Phil Harris. How many of you watched Deadliest Catch? Right. It says this, you can watch things happen, you make things happen, or you can wonder what just happened. His language is maybe a little more colorful than that. <laughs> but folks, 
our responsibility is to keep showing up. And thank be to God that He gives us the strength to keep showing up. Our responsibility is to trust that He will make our path straight. If we sit back, throw our hands up, you're going to watch some things happen. And some things will happen. I don't know about you, though. I'd rather be in the hands of the one who can make things happen. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you that you have given your life for ours. That our story, as much as we've spent the summer thinking about wisdom and wanting to live wisely, and in some ways it can be summed up as trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not on our own understanding, in all our ways submit to you and you'll make our path straight. All right, we can sum up 13 weeks. <laughs> but I hope that over this journey, God, we've begun to see that wisdom is so much more than just how do we figure out what's right and wrong in this moment. It's more like, how do I pay attention and show up in this moment of this day? And how will I show up in the next moment? Lord, for our lives are, are important. They matter. We impact the world around us. And also the world is impacting us. So Father, we need you. We need your help. We need your guidance. We need you to continue to transform and change our hearts. All of us have spaces of our hearts and our lives we don't want to give up to you. And so, Lord, today I pray that you show us one thing each. Just one thing. And maybe you've already been showing us that one thing. But, Lord, that one thing that we have to say, Lord, I'm going to let go of this so that your life can come in. Because that's the good news. You want to pour your life into us so we can actually live and be in what you created us for and what you've rescued us for. Show us that thing, not so that we can be filled with shame, Father, but we can be filled with joy. Because your discipline leads us to life, not to destitution. And Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom as we treat and live with the world around us. Lord, our friends, our family, many who maybe start from a different point, different perspective. Some who will have wisdom and they don't even realize where it came from. Others who we sit and look and go, where is any wisdom at all? But Lord, ultimately, just as you've shown us that grace to, to lead us, to guide us, we pray the same for our friends, our family, our neighbors. We pray that we can be light to them. We can show a kindness and a grace that we can offer a wisdom that's been gifted to us, but not in an arrogant way, but through humility and in servant. Lord, use us to be a light. Father, again, thank you for your scriptures. Thank you that you choose to open our eyes to the most important thing, and that's you. Keep doing that through your spirit that lives and dwells within us. Lord, thank you for coming into our lives and bringing us back to you. We pray these things and many more prayers in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We invite you all to stand and sing this last song with us.
the gospel. I don't ever fully realize the consequences of sin, my decisions. But I do know this, that I'm always going to need Jesus because he's the one who rescued me from darkness and brought me into light. Here's another truth. I don't always have control of the things that tempt me. I fall. I trip. Sometimes more times than I like. I don't know if you can relate. But it's God who lifts me back up. It's God who can help me face those temptations and by his grace overcome that. And then how about this? I don't always make the smartest decisions. Sometimes I go down a path I probably shouldn't. It isn't the wisest. But sometimes God will protect me in that path. Sometimes God will straighten it out. And sometimes, even though I chose the wrong path and wrong things happen, here's the thing, Jesus still saves. He's going to continue to build his life in us as we seek to build our lives upon him. He'll keep pouring it out in and through his spirit because of Jesus. Why? Because you and your life matters. Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his smile upon you. Feel that smile today. And may he bless you with his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, amen. Go in peace. You can hang around and chat a little bit. Stack a few chairs. But uh, have a great week.